Greetings and salutations and welcome to Recasted, the podcast that always remembers to file its paperwork and leave a receipt. Uh, it is week two of our science fiction month, and since we went to the stars last week, we decided to go to the dystopian world of tomorrow. Dystopian. Very dystopian. Looking to figure out what is going on is Inspector Hassa. Hello. And I am secretly repairing an air conditioner, Chris. I'm from, the, what was it, the, the Ministry? No, Information Recovery? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, our film this week is confusing, interesting, depressing. I don't really know. This, this movie is a lot. Yes. So let's push through the strange and bizarre daydreams and recast Brazil. Yeah. So, okay. So little, little, little background. Terry Gilliam, I absolutely love his stuff. Um, I've seen only a few of his movies, just a handful actually. Um, but as a Monty Python fan, yes, I always enjoyed his animations. And then when he started making movies, I enjoyed watching the few movies I've seen of his. He, sorry, he's oh, the, the one that draws or did like he the did the art. animations. Yeah, yeah, he did the art. Yeah. Um, so. I've only seen a few of these. This is one of them, but also like Monty Python was one of his. The Holy Grail, sorry, yes, was one of his. Um, so was the he did the animation parts of the Meaning of Life, but Twelve mm -hmm. Monkeys and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, those are very very good movies. Um, Tideland is a very very weird movie. Um, so was the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, yeah, which is which was uh, Heath Old. Ledger's final yeah final role. Um, all of them are just weird, and that's kind of why I like him. Like, he has this, I don't know, like, sci-fi garbage chic look to all his stuff, and I mm. really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I like the way he does stuff like that. I, about, I'm, I'm trying to look to see if you've seen any of his movies. No, I just noticed he did a screenplay called Jabberwocky. Yes. No, I mean, for me, it's mostly the, the Python. So it's uh, Life of Brian, Meaning of Life, which he was part of the writing team. Mm -hmm. um, of course, Holy Grail. And then a lot of the uh, sketches, although he apparently he wrote the parrot sketch, which is yes. really good. But yeah, like Fear and Loathing in Vegas, I've seen most of. I haven't actually watched the entire thing through. But after that, I cannot say I've watched a lot of his. Um, but yeah, I recognize his, his art style. Yeah. It's his, it's the way he, the way he does stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like that's, or it's like his practicality and things like that, like his suits of armor or mm -hmm. like, um, it was kind of more of a studio film, but Brothers Grimm yep. still had its kind of his flair to it when they wore their weird armors and stuff like that. And, you know, so. Ah, the Brothers Grimm. It was a not decent a, movie. Not a great movie, but not no no not a bad one by any means. Yeah. So Yeah. I don't know, it's he has this I don't know what to say. I like how to say say like it's just his aesthetic. Style. His aesthetic, thank you. Yeah. yeah. His aesthetic is always so very interesting to me. Um and I'm pretty sure I picked him to do a my live action Howl's Moving Castle way, way back in the day. Because of this same aesthetic, because yeah. of movies like this one, which I hadn't even seen yet, um, and Twelve Monkeys, because he has like that that castle is basically made out of junk. Yeah. Right. So that's the reason I liked his style, and Twelve Monkeys has that too. Whereas, like the future segments of that movie, everything's made out of the like this looks like recycled technology, um, and this movie was was all this. Like the duct work going through everybody's house, yeah. and I like the uh, advertisement that you can get <laughs> different colored ducts. Yeah, yeah. fancier duct work, and like uh, um, the central, what was it, central services? Yes, when they when they took over his apartment and like just decimated it. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, and then they're like, yeah, we're not fixing this. We found this in there. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up because it's. Is it cassette punk futurism? There are different styles of like cyberpunk and all yeah, that. Yeah, it's his, his. It's not cyberpunk. It's not steampunk. Punk. It's yeah. It's, one it, of them was garbage. Called... Garbage punk. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> one of them is called like cassette futurism, which is like the VHS, lasers, geometric shapes, synthesizers, like the computers. It's but... kind of like that because like those computers were basically made out of typewriters. 
Yeah, and they just had like the giant magnifying glass. I loved that so much. The tiny little screen Mm -hmm. and the giant magnifying glass. Why don't you just make a bigger screen? (laughs) Because this is what's happening. Um, I'm trying to think. There's other ones. There's like many different styles, but yeah, yeah there's probably one that's. Oh, well, you look that up. I'll I'll talk talk about the, just the nuts and bolts of this. It was released on December 18th, 1985, so the year I was born. Hmm. Um, it has a critic rating score on Rotten Tomatoes of 98%. So this is one of those highly rated movies. Audience didn't like it as much at 90%, but still liked it a lot. You can't really say audience didn't like it as much at 90%. Well, they didn't like it as much as 98%. They liked it, it's just it wasn't as much as the critics. <clears throat> yeah. There's a few movies on here that, like, because just I'm looking at his mm-hmm. directors, like, um, I'd love, I've always wanted to see The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Time Bandits has always seemed really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he was trying to get The Man Who Killed Don Quixote made for years, and he finally got it done in 2018. Yeah. Um. It was he was it was one of his like long going like, hey this is the movie I want to make type of things. I think that has the same actor that's yeah. in this movie. Yeah, um, it has um Jonathan Price in it. Yes, he plays the Don Quixote character. Adam Driver's in it, I believe as well. Yep. Yeah, he likes using people for multiple things oh. if he can. Well, he used so. uh, Heath Ledger twice. Twice. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So. What did you think of this movie? It's the first time seeing it. Mm. This was... Yeah. This was a, a, a interesting movie. Um, it was good. It had a lot of people in it that I did not realize. Like, Robert De Niro shows up, and you're like, seriously, Robert De Niro's in this? Mm-hmm. And then Bob Hoskins shows up, and you're like... As a plumber. As a plumber, which I <laughs> laughed at. Um, And then, yeah, just like... You got Ian Holmes and like all these people that are in this movie. It's just crazy. And then yeah, Jonathan Price, who weirdly I always remember mostly from Pirates. <laughs> that's yeah, the, that's the dad. He's the governor of the, yeah. Port, Port Royal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was just a weird movie. Mm-hmm. And then getting to the end, like it was long, too. Yeah, which I found it was interesting. Yeah, but it didn't drag. No, and it had those like weird dream sequences, and it just kept felt, feeling like it was going places. And then you get to that point at the end, and spoilers, go watch the movie if you're listening to this. But like, you get to that end where you're like, okay, yeah, he's he's daydreaming all this. Yeah, or, this is clearly not real anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of like completely, like especially when Robert De Niro gets eaten by paper. Yeah, that <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> um. And then, like, the goo, the goo corpse. Yeah, well, technically... That could be true. The treatment she was getting was acid Acid. treatment, so... Yeah. 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 And did you you notice that his mom's plastic surgeon was Jim Broadband? Yeah. Uh, From, like, Hot Fuzz and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey! I'm like, because I'm listening to it, I'm like, is that Jim Broadband? And I looked at it, I'm like, oh my god, that is Jim Broadband. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Luckily, but as you said, like we didn't get a chance to recast that character because there are so many actors in this movie oh, yeah. and a ton of characters that are more important than, unfortunately, the you know Jim Broadbent's character. Yeah. Right? He, he was minor. But then, yeah, so I watched the end, and the end is just like depressing to mm-hmm. some degree. Yeah. But then I was like, I was going back, and I'm like, it's kind of it's brilliant and depressing and just weird because. Then I started to wonder, after watching it, how much of this movie was just his imagination? Mm-hmm. Like, well, was... obviously some of it wasn't, right? No. But at one point, you're like, is he just like, is he an unre- uh, unreliable narrator? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. how much do we want to believe that the beginnings of this movie are still the same? Because it's just so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's super weird. Um like those weird dream sequences where he's flying around and yeah. fighting the baby-faced people. And it's just like, what is going on in this movie? Like, yeah. And then the giant samurai fight. and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird. Which then comes back into the real world later in the movie. Mm-hmm. And like, that's when you see, like, it's when you get to the point where you're like, okay, he's kind of just losing his mind at this point. Um, 
but like i i love his jaw like i said this when we did the cabinet of dr caligari when you had those two security guards sitting on those giant stools like this yeah. is so much very like this um or that all those workers in archives who's mm-hmm. running around you know, working, throwing papers around, typing on typing on these typewriters, and the boss walks away, and they all turn TVs on, and they're watching an old western. I just like when he goes up to um, information retrieval, mm-hmm. and it's just everybody following the boss around. Yeah, and he's like going around all these corners and everything, and it's just like this one mass hop shows yes, up out no, of nowhere. Yes, yes. Yeah. and they put him in the office and. It's desk is could the same desk as the person in the next room <laughs> to compete for desk space like it's just a, such a screwed up world that they live in mm-hmm. that i just i would never want to live in the world but i love the aesthetic of and you know this robert de niro with this renegade repairman <laughs> Because Renegade Central handyman. Central Services does such a bad job. No, or, he just doesn't like the paperwork. And he doesn't like the paperwork, yeah. Which, I it was a, awesome. Like, that was a great part of the story where mm-hmm. it's just like... And then he, like, zip lines out and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. And, ah, uh, yeah. It was a... And his mother, who gets progressively younger throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then in one scene during the funeral is actually his, the girl he likes. Yeah, uh, the Jill Layton. Yeah, in like, uh, weird. <laughs> so. I did, so again, we're too too late on the spoilers, but. We've never worried about spoilers before. I don't know why all of a sudden you're worried about this. <laughs> because, I mean, they're, they are major if somebody hasn't seen this movie, yeah. right? But I did like the fact that, like, Jill just up, up and gone, and then he's like, Oh, yeah, she died resisting arrest. He's like, oh, no, no, I did that. I killed her. And then they're like, oh, well, you killed her twice because she died again? And then that's all. Like, you yeah. never... Yeah. But getting on that, I I don't know. I had a problem with his obsession with her. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seemed too... Obsessive? Yeah. But I think, I think that was the point. I think the point was the fact that he was losing his mind for this girl. Yes. Right? I think the point well, he couldn't was couldn't figure the... out why she was in his dreams. And yeah. Then just the, I love you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Let, me look, let me take a look at you. Kick you out of the cab. Yeah. I don't know. She kept saying cab like it was an actual cab, but I think she meant the cab of her truck. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> Which was a weird way of saying it. It's like, get out of my cab. I'm like, that's not a cab. Just say get out of my truck. Yeah. <laughs> but then he, the whole, like, she's picking up the house and then... He's like, no, gun it, gun it. And like, yeah, and they like, kill a bunch of security guards. Yeah. It's like, well, at least what two, are you doing? <laughs> two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I th- I really did enjoy this movie. I think if we wanted to remake it, moving, uh-huh. on, to, moving on to this, mm-hmm. um, I would change a few things. I would change, I wouldn't, I would go kind of a little farther with how the world sucks. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I would have, more people i would go a little more of a body horror route with it does that make sense like they went went a little bit with his mom and that picture that shot of her face being stretched right like i kind of go a little more with that i'd have a lot more people who look screwed up and also is it miss train yeah train's the one that getting the acid treatment that yeah yeah, who's keep progressively gets it's worse, worse and worse. Yeah. And, oh. I I think you'd I think I you would have more people. I think plastic because it's it's one of those things like when you have a cyberpunk world, you have people with robot arms yeah. and you know. I think in this world you'd want people with like artificial lungs because the air is so bad or something like that. Like there was that one guy I, standing at, a, at like an air, like, you know. Yeah, a breathing machine. The right? lady yelling at him to pick up his papers. Yeah, and all that. keep your city clean. It's dirty, ma'am. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think I would go try and go a little more body horror. I don't know if I get someone like Guillermo to try and accomplish this. Mm. But though, of all the directors, I would think he would probably be the best to adapt a Terry Gilliam type of film. Yeah, just be, just because of their kind of aesthetic is similar but not quite. Um, his is, yeah, his is more fantastical. Though, Guillermo's. I really should have looked his name up. Uh, the guy who did District 9. 
Oh, South American guy. Or South, South African. Uh, yeah. Um, I think he would also do a really good job. Um, yes, because District 9 was amazing. Because like his his whole aesthetic is kind of the dystopian, but like not... It's still futuristic, but it's more clean future. And then... Neil Blomkamp? Yeah, Neil Blomkamp. Um, he is like the disparity between the rich and the poor. Yeah. So like the rich have like really, really nice stuff and the poor have like nothing. Um, that's, that's kind of his, his aesthetic and it goes very similar. Yeah. Uh, just a lot more graffiti in his movies. There's cool. graffiti in all of his movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were, oh, we were talking before this and I was saying like watching sci-fi, I went back and watched two animated live action ones, which I won't get into now because we all know my position on them, but like Alita was very much like that, right? The poor live down, they have to scrap all the parts and all that and yeah even uh in ghost in the shell like ghost in the shell is a very cyberpunk world yeah it's almost more cyberpunk than cyberpunk <laughs> well it's, ghost in the shell is one of the one of the originators mm-hmm. of that whole See, movement for me with this is i would go i almost wanted to go steampunk on this more yeah but do like that mixture of like steampunk and almost 80s punk yeah like i don't want the futuristic laptop i love the the whole yeah like the technology the, the typewriter aspect. yeah and then all computers. like the tubes going yeah. everywhere and everything like oh the pneumatic tubes yeah yeah i love the pneumatic tubes. like just having that's where the steampunk aspect comes in and then having it just be like this like weird 80s type technology that is futuristic to some degree but not really mm-hmm. right like it's just so it's, 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 it's so weird. Kind of like how the Fallout series took the 1950s and made it the 2200s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, instead of instead of making progressing things like we have now, where things got smaller and different and computers and all that stuff, they progressed more quickly so that they still have giant CRT TVs, but mm-hmm. they're running cybernetic robots and yeah. you know. So yeah, I I think. Like you'd have to change some aesthetic, but I don't wouldn't want to change it too much, because I think this whole retro futurism that they have in this, mm-hmm. and as I said, like garbage is like recycledness of it is really cool, and I really like the difference between archival where everyone's running around and working, to retrieval, where like they're walking around with the boss, yes, but like in his office he's just sitting there, yeah, like like they're waiting. And so I like the I don't know if it's the running gag, but I love the gift. Yes. The little do 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 and then it drops down to yes or no and you're like oh no. and he has like six of them throughout <laughs> the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what she's dropping off at the store. And, yeah. Yeah. So But yeah, like the disparity between everybody and then mm-hmm. even when he goes to like the upper CEOs, I'm guessing it's the CEO. Oh yeah, Mr. His, Hartman. Yeah, his office and Helpman, sorry. Helpman. Yeah. But I think they're like, I think that would be a thing that I would probably put in my movie is like, I would still have the, I would have wanted that disparity being more because like obviously mm-hmm. his mother is super wealthy. Yeah. So I would but want. But he lives in a crappy apartment, which I kind of like. Yeah. Because he doesn't want what his mother no. is giving him. Um, I would want hit that those to look fancier. But still, like I would love, like if you go into her house and like the ducks are there, but they're salt, they're they're gold painted and they have like tapestries hanging off them, like something like that. Like they've they've worked very hard. <laughs> you said ducks, and I thought of actual like ducks, ducks. like quack quack. quack. <laughs> I was like, what? You're gonna paint them gold? Okay. But you know what I mean. I know like what you mean. I would I would want it to be where they obviously have to live in the same kind of squalor, but because they're super wealthy, they're hiding everything. Mm-hmm. And like you, they you kind of see that. When the bomb goes off at that restaurant, and like um, Sam is like, well, "What's going on? We need to help these people." And like they're like, "This is such an inconvenience. I'm trying to eat my dinner." Yeah. Like, oh, oh, and then they just put the like the screen, the screen up. around them. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> but I, I like that because I like how the Maitre D guy is just like, "Oh yeah, no, 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 we'll just yeah, we'll, we'll apologize for this inconvenience. We'll put the," mm-hmm. and then you're just like. What? And I also love the food they brought them. Oh, no, no. That was gross. <laughs> Just like mulched scoops of food. Yeah. And he's like, I said medium rare. Like you could tell. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, shall we get into the... Uh... Well, I was going to say one more thing. Because okay. one of the things I really like was uh, Sam's relationship to his first boss, uh, Mr. Kurtzman. Because mm-hmm. like, I, I, I'm pretty sure we can all relate at some point in our lives to the to useless boss the useless boss who just literally is like ah, i don't know how to do i don't know how to deal with this and you're just like oh god i was like oh oh man but see that was really good for making sam's to be out this really smart mm-hmm. like person who should have been promoted a long time ago but kept, go. he doesn't want to go like he likes where he is he's making enough money he's fine you know it's not until Shit hits the fan that he needs, actually. Shit hits the hops. Bob Hoskins? Yeah. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, that was gross. It was, it was hilarious, funny. but gross. Yeah. Okay. Why would you have those two pipes next to each other? <laughs> okay, let's get to this. Yeah, let's get to this. So, um, we're going to start at the bottom with Shirley who was the girl that they kept trying to set him up with? The daughter of the daughter of Miss um, um, who was originally played by Catherine Pugson. Hmm. Yes. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. Um, I wanted a funny lady here. I went with Kate McKinnon. When you said funny lady, I'm uh, like, you went K- with Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. because uh, she doesn't really say a lot. Nope. Surely, but then she does have that scene where he's like, yeah, I'm not really into you. And she's like, yeah, I'm not into you at all either. And then he like gets up and she's like, has that weird look. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think Kate McKinnon can totally play off the, the whole, I'm not interested in you, but my mother's setting you up. Like this just yeah. stupidness of this. No, the mothers are setting, yeah. setting each other up. Yeah. So yeah. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Who'd you have? Um, from the very beginning, like when I first started watching this movie and we she first started appearing up, all I had in mind was um, Chloe Sevigny. So Sevigny, there we go. Because um, just because she has that kind of awkward look to her, uh, it's mostly mm-hmm. from her role as uh, what's his name, Jake Gyllenhaal's wife in Zodiac. Okay, um, where she has this kind of like weird, mousy, awkward look. Um, it's, it's all in the acting. It's not mm-hmm. her personally, but like she does it such a good, in, in such a good way that I believe, you know, like it's just the actresses look so similar in my brain that I'm like, oh, this is, you know, gotta be her. So, yeah. Nah. Yeah. Um, and then her mother, Mrs. Tureen, Mrs. Tureen, originally played by Barbara Hicks. Um, I went because I'm watching WandaVision now. Uh, I went with Catherine Hahn for this part. Um, good she, old Agnes. Yeah, because she's done such a good job in that. And I, and I, because this woman's wrapped up in bandages for most of the movie. It doesn't really matter yeah. who, what age she is. Um, so I picked her because I think she could deliver those stupid lines like, oh, it's just one more treatment. Yeah. I should be fine in a couple of days. <laughs> it's like the bandages come off in a few days. It's like, nice. yeah. I think she could pull those those yeah. lines off in a in a funny way. So, yeah, Catherine Hong. I went with another funny Catherine. Let's see if you can guess. Another funny Catherine. Yes. Um, I don't know. I went with Catherine O'Hara. No, I wouldn't have guessed that. No, because <laughs> I think she can do the same thing. She yeah. can pull off some of those lines and have that like highfalutin. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, the bandages, are, it will all come off later. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she's a funny, funny woman. Yeah. And uh, that this role, and then having her and Kate McKinnon next to each other, I just think would be pretty I think, good. I think I would just want to watch that. I, I would, too. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Two incredibly funny ladies talking to each other. <laughs> well, we'll just throw out the whole Brazil subplot. Now it's just all about Just an interview two. between those two. Yeah. <laughs> just, Half the movie is just them, and we love it. <laughs> So yes. Yeah. They're not even talking about the movie. It's just them sitting down talking about themselves and their <laughs> career in comedy. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Next, we have Mr. Bob Hoskins playing Spore. <laughs> um, yeah, when he showed up, I'm like, oh my God, it's Bob Hoskins. And I'm like, wait, is he playing a plumber? <laughs> I guess Eric, this, this, he's this, a repairman. This was first, right? This yeah, this yeah. was the eighties. Yeah, so I just thought it was funny, and I, I like Bob Hoskins. I like seeing him and stuff. Um, I'll always remember him as Shmi from Hook. Yes, 
probably my favorite Bob Hoskins. Yeah. And then I'll go with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but yeah, he's amazing in that but movie. But Smee was. What about Smee? What about Smee? Wait, Wait I'm Smee. Smee is me. What about me? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I love Hook. I think Hook is a Hook's great a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. The Rufio guy. The Rufio guy who <laughs> plays Zuko. Yeah. Uh, Julia Phil, Rob, Julia Roberts. I was gonna say Phil Collins. <laughs> Phil Collins. Phil Collins is in that movie. Who's he in that movie? He's an inspector at the very beginning. Okay. Watch it and you'll be like, is that Phil Collins? That is Phil Collins. Well, Glenn Close is in the movie too, so. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to be honest, did not figure out until like three years ago. she's dressed as a man. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. So. I guess I'm up. You were up. Uh, Who is your repairman from Central Services? I went with Rob Cordery. Cordry? Uh, Cordry? Cordry. Anchorman. Anchorman, Warm Bodies. Because he can kind of play that dick character. He was was the friend in Warm Bodies. Okay. Did you... Am I thinking of the wrong person then? No. I always get two of these guys mixed up. Oh, no. I think you are. I don't think he's in Anchorman. Yeah. I think I'm getting these two guys mixed up. I think I did this already before. Yeah. Because I think I picked Last time you cast him. Um, he is most, most known for warm bodies and hot tub time machine. Okay. So yeah, I'm mixing the two guys up. Yeah. I don't know who the hell I'm thinking of then. Um, I know the guy you're thinking of, but he wears the cowboy hat and yeah, it's, I know it's stupid. I get the two bald guy, two white bald guys mixed up, but I'm going to look him up while I'm looking, but yes, Rob, Rob Cordery, could we say, um, funny guy, Mm -hmm. but that, just that asshole type character sometimes mm-hmm. he can play really well. And, and I think that's kind of an important part of this movie. Like, there's a reason why he cast Michael Palin. Yes. And Bob Hoskins, because he wanted to cast people. And even Robert De Niro. Um, Robert who, De Niro really wanted to work with him. No, no, I saw that. Yeah, that he no. wanted to play Sam. Yes. But, yeah. You're um, thinking no, sorry, he wanted to play Jack. David Kocher? Kochner? Oh, yeah, David Keckner. Keckner. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Bald. They look. They, they have the it, same like hairstyle. I know it's so. the same. It's the two bald yes. white guys. I can't get mixed up. Um, but yeah, I think what he did was he cast funny people, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of these people are like they're straight men, but they're still funny, right? Like Bob Hoskins is not unfunny, no. right? Like a Again, lot of the a lot hook. Of, he's hilarious. Yeah. So and same with Robert De Niro. He's definitely been funny in the past. And well, Stardust that we yeah. did. So. Well, I was way after this, but I know. But he, yeah, he's always known as like the serious tough guy. But then mm-hmm. he does, yeah. And that's why I picked this person for my spore. Um, I wanted to leave Shriver. Okay. Because um, of that, I can be a super tough guy, but I'm also, I can also be really funny when they put me in the right stuff. Yeah. And I wanted that. I wanted this kind of like tough because Bob Hoskins played this as tough and imposing and like, mm-hmm. like how could you say that about that? <laughs> the four because this other guy D7-46A yeah. he just freaks Something. out no. yeah because yeah. I wanted the tough guy mm-hmm. you know to be and I like I like Leaf Shriver I think he's everything I've seen him in he's always been really good in mm. what was the movie you've seen him in that he wasn't good in Wolverine Origins good point <laughs> sorry yeah, he, he yeah. Just, but I don't he, think that was his fault that, no that yeah. movie was just terrible but yeah. that is the only movie I will say Lee yeah. Shriver that I've seen that but I like he not. was amazing as Kingpin into the Spider-Verse oh yes sorry right? I was like you yeah. know that was Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> what are you talking about the other Kingpin yeah uh, the no. guy whose head is in his chest <laughs> I, uh, yeah <sighs> yeah but yeah, Leave Shriver. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Mr. Kurtzman is next. Mr. Kurtzman. Played by Ian Holm. Mr. Bilbo Baggins. Mr. Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. I like Ian Holm. I think I've, I've always enjoyed him. I think he has this... Like, obviously... Not Bishop. What was it? What was his character in Alien? It was Bishop, wasn't it? No. Bishop was um, Lance Hendrickson's. Um, I think it was Father? No. We'll find out. Oh, now I'm going to look this up. Sorry. Ash? Hmm? Oh, Ash, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I always liked him as Bilbo. I liked him as as Ash from mm-hmm. um, Alien. But I think he, just, he always has that kind of weird creepiness to him. Oh, yeah. Right? That I think he does really, really well. So, 
Yeah. Yep. Oh, from hell. That's the other yeah, one I remember. He was now. the he was the murderer from that. Yeah, he was the doctor murderer. The fifth element. We casted him before. Oh it was Cornelius. He, great great role for him. Yeah. You yeah. Know, we really we really but Yeah, like he always he always has that kind of like super happy joyousness, but he always has that little darkness behind everything that I think he does really, really well. And I think mm-hmm. he even did it in this a little bit, but uh Yeah. Yeah. So Well that's the thing, like you kind of at some point you were suspecting like is he trying to set up Sam? Because there's that whole like, oh, I can't even sign my name. Yeah. You're gonna have to do it. Yeah, I thought that too. And then it and never then he... really played out, but until later, and they talked about how oh, he forged. Yeah, and then well, then again, also Ian Holm forged Sam's name mm-hmm. on the rejection papers for the uh, pro- promotion, right? Yeah, that's why I had to go to Helpman. Yeah. So who'd you have? Who's your um, Kurtzman? Okay, so again, this is definitely recency biased. Um, but because he's doing such an amazing job being this kind of neurotic office worker, um, I picked Paul Bettany. Ooh, okay. Because his turn as Vision and WandaVision as this neurotic office worker. He's like, what do we do here? (laughs) Like, um... You're yeah. a computer. What? No, I'm not. I'm yeah. a human. And I think he's doing it such a good job that I, I kind of just wanted to stick him in. It kind of makes you a little sad because you're like, unless they do something at the end of WandaVision, okay, so, you want to see more yeah. Vision. <laughs> we don't know what happens. We're only, what, five episodes in at this point in time? Yes. Yeah. Episode five. So then we're not going to spoil that. That's a little too recent. Yeah. But yes. Is he dead? <laughs> Is he not? Yeah. Well, we're fo- I was just following the MCU up until that point, right? Yeah. When we lost Vision. Yeah. That so. was sad. Mm-hmm. So sad. So. Yes, Paul Bettany, I think he... Because, uh, yeah. again, I'm really loving him as Vision right now. I loved him as Vision before, but I think he's just immensely funny and clever. And I love his neur- neuroses that he's putting to this role. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Who did you have? I went with John Hanna. You would remember him from The Mummy as Jonathan. Oh, okay. It's the brother. Yes, yes, yes. Because I wanted somebody that was kind of on that level of really insecure about their position and was like needing somebody to kind of step in. Which, and, which he kind of was in The Mummy. Which, yeah, yeah. kind of that, that role. And he's been in other things and oh, yeah. he's a great actor as well. But yeah, I wanted that kind of... Because I was looking through actors and it came up and I was like... Actually, I was looking through actors you may not remember, and his name came up, and I'm like, yeah, because he plays in The Mummy really well, mm-hmm. except we won't talk about the third Mummy, but the first two. The third Mummy was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Yeah. But yeah, he, and just having that kind of same thing, like being really insecure and having like this, I don't know what's going on, you need to help me, like, come on, fix this, I'm, I'm in charge, but I'm not really in charge kind of idea, mm-hmm. which is why I think he'd do really well for this. Yeah. Okay. Now, Mr. Helpman, originally played by Peter Vaughn, mm-hmm. whose name, now that I'm saying it, sounds very familiar. Um, this was the, like, CEO, right? Yes. Well, he was in Game of Thrones, apparently. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. one of the Meisters. One of the Meisters, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's been in another Terry Gillian. He was a Meister Eamon. Yeah. Yeah. He was the one at the uh, at the watch. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, cool. Was he the bl- was he the blind one? I don't remember. I have a hard time remembering anybody from Game of Thrones characters' names and stuff like that, other than the main ones. So, Jon Snow. Yeah. Arya. Yeah. Daenerys. Daenerys. Sansa. Yeah. We're just gonna keep going. Um, I yeah. guess I'm up. I thought he was really good in, as Mister Helpman. I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, especially near the end where he was just super cold and didn't really, like, he rolls into the insane asylum room and is just like... Adjust to Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, is it my go or your go? Uh, I think it's me. Okay. Go ahead. So, I wanted a big name for this. Okay. I went with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> okay. Because I... I you just believe Morgan Freeman was in charge of this and have that... That same kind of like joyousness in the beginning that becomes that cold and calculated. It's not every day you get to see him as a bad guy. Helpman yeah. was kind of the bad guy. He was. Um, 
But yeah, like Especially the last time around. I can remember Morgan Freeman as a bad guy was probably Wanted. I think that's the only time I can remember him as a bad guy. Yeah. And I know it's not the only time. I'm pretty sure he was a bad guy in, oh, I'm going to pull this out, Hard Rain <laughs> with Christian Slater. Oh. I got to look this up. We're, <laughs> we're going to look this up. But yeah, Morgan Freeman is an amazing actor. And this isn't a big role, but again, it's kind of, yeah, he's almost... The villain antagonist of this? God, I was right. Hard Rain with Kristen Slater. Turns out, yes. It was a heist movie during a, like a monsoony type mm-hmm. thing where it was like obviously raining really bad. Wow. Thank you for You're that. Welcome. It was in 98. Yeah. But like, again, Kurtzman to some degree is the bad guy, but then also Kurtzman not really. Been, Kurtzman's not really a bad guy. Heltman, sorry. Yeah. Heltman. Yeah. I got the two mixed up. Is he really, or is well, he just I following would, his like the society of I what would he's think doing? That's what I mean. Like the society is obviously the bad guy. Yeah. Um. But he, him, and Jack Lint are kind of the bad guys. Oh yeah. I'd say Jack Lint's more of the. I think Jack Lint's more of the henchman because he gets his yes. hands dirty, right? Literally. <laughs> Those were some weird scenes. <laughs> we'll talk about that next yes. when he comes up. Yeah. Who do you have? Um. I had Ron Perlman. Nice. So I had Ron Perlman mostly because he's Ron in, Perlman. In my brain, a remake of a Terry Gilliam movie would have to get done by Guillermo del Toro. So you if we're have, doing it that way, you gotta, you gotta have, have Ron Perlman. <laughs> so I think he would do great as this because mm-hmm. he's always so good, and he's definitely getting on in years. So yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see him as this. Kind of creepy, but super happy and like, mm-hmm. hey, how's it going? Uh, like, hey, I'm I heard you turned me down. Yeah. I need to talk to you for a second. Yeah, help me go pee. Yeah, that was super weird. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So, yeah, Ron Perlman. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I like the choice. Yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of Jack Lint, um, the interrogator. I guess that's what he was. Well, he was an inspector. Is that what it was? That's what his title was. Okay. But, yeah, he was pretty much a torturer. Yeah. Played by Michael Palin. Yeah. Of Monty Python fame. And Fish Named Wanda and... Yeah. yeah. It's just Michael Palin. Michael Palin. Good old Michael Palin. I think I, I really liked him. I liked how... Like, he, definitely the comedy chops really carried this role mm-hmm. because of, like... <laughs> comes into the office and he's covered in blood and he's got the baby face mask on and he's like not in front of the daughter and your daughter is just sitting there playing with toys it's like i also like that he doesn't know uh, which daughter it is yeah it's one of the triplets like because he says early in the movie it's like oh we had twins and then it's like and then later he goes oh how are the twins and he goes triplets and like wait are you getting them cloned but did you also (laughs) notice that when uh doesn't know his wife's name, calls him something else. He just runs with it. No. You didn't notice that? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Because yes. he's like, oh, yeah, this is my wife. Oh, yeah, you're Susan. Yeah. And she's like, no, actually, it's Bar. No, it's Susan. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. It, all the rest of the movie, it stays as Susan. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. oh, he's that kind of guy. Yeah. So, but no, I, I really liked Michael Payne on this. I've, I've mm-hmm. enjoyed Michael Payne for years. Mm-hmm. Again, Monty Python, like, it can't really go wrong, like, um, every time he pops up in something weird or something, I'm like, oh my god, it's Michael Palin. Um, so, yes. um, is it my go or your go? Oh, it's my go. Uh, your go. So, um, because of that, because of his comedy chops and all that stuff, I picked someone who I thought is equally funny. Um, not really sketch comedy wise, but uh, equally funny. And I picked um, John Mulaney. I, I will give you that. Because um, I think John Mulaney is unbelievable, hilar- unbelievably hilarious. And I kind of wanted... I th- I th- personally think that you really need somebody with comedy chops to play able to play that kind of weird darkness. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't remember who said that right. It may have been Robin Williams. But like people who are funny kind of make the best dark characters. Yeah. Um, cause I think that was around when he, the time he did a couple of dark, like one hour photo and insomnia and stuff like that. People were like, how do you do this so well? And he's like, cause I'm funny. I can, <laughs> so I think it was him probably wrong, but yeah. Um, I think that you really kind of need that for something like this. Like you need the, to know both sides of that darkness spectrum. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think John Mulaney would be able to do this quite well. And it'd be fun just to see him 
<laughs> play this super serious like straight man yeah right so anyway who did you pick so i picked this so i picked this person second because somebody else is going to come up and you'll make the connection later but i picked this and you'll figure it out okay. eventually um but i went with david tennant okay because david tennant what there was a tv miniseries documentary about this movie oh. in 2012 with brazil michael with michael palin I wonder if that was actually about Brazil, though. Uh, looks like The it. Road to Rio. Like, do you think they did that because of this movie? Possibly. Yeah. It's okay. about the actual Brazil. That's hilarious. Oh. Yeah. Huh. He went to a bunch of different places, apparently. Yeah, I did not know he did documentaries. Of, he's done a lot of documentaries. Yeah. Anyway. My apologize for interrupting you. David Tennant. David Tennant. So you're going to pick Michael Sheen somewhere else in the movie? No. <laughs> but David Tennant, again, does the same thing, right? Yes. He can be hilarious and then he can be mr purple mr purple like probably the best villain one of the best one of the best villains in the mcu's tv show universe uh i would put him above kingpin if we're just going tv universe i would put him above kingpin yeah i would yeah. put him as the best and then vincent d'onofrio's kingpin would yeah. be and second. then all the others because the rest of them are kind of shit yeah so yeah it's like yeah. No, David Tennant's great. We've talked about him multiple, multiple times in this show. Yeah, and just having him have that whole, like, straight man, but at the same time, yeah, like, oh, my kid's here. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this is... One of them? One of them? <laughs> Which, apparently, that was Michael Palin's daughter. Was it? I was looking in the trivia. I think it's Michael Palin's daughter. Hmm. That was the one that played his daughter. <laughs> Makes sense. So, yeah, David Tennant. Okay. Um, Next... We have Harry Tuttle, the reason for this entire movie to exist. Because if it wasn't for a Tuttle? fly getting into a typewriter and, and typing it. it from Harry Tuttle to Harry Buttle, that this movie wouldn't even exist. Which, it just, it makes this such a weird society and it's what makes it a scary one. Well, it's, it's a literal typo ends up in this guy's death. And not only that, but no one wants to admit a mistake. No, but then even when That's... they're like, oh, we're going to issue a refund. I don't know how to issue a refund. Like, yeah. Well, we'll just put her in her bank account. She doesn't have one. Well, I'll just drive over there and get her to the side. Like, yeah. And she's distraught because her husband's dead. Yeah. And like, even when and the Central, Central Services comes in and tries to fix the hole, the mm -hmm. hole is in the wrong shape because they switched to metric without telling them. I love that, that, that line. That was a great line. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's, it's, the thing is like, all of this because of a mistake and no one wants to admit that they made a mistake. Like everyone's like, okay, well this is obviously not our mistake in archives. It's going to be retrieval's cool. mistake and they're not going to admit the mistake. So even, it's got to be the people who picked them up's mistake. And yeah, even right? Lowry, when he goes there, he's like, well, it wasn't my department's mistake. Yeah. They I'm just trying this, to get you your money. I just, yeah, here's yeah. your, so, but yeah, even then when he goes to information retrieval, they're like, well, that wasn't really our mistake. That was, mm -hmm. So-and-so's That mistake. was the, the in investigators and the, and the people who picked him up. That's yeah. it, was, it was their mistake. Yeah. yeah. So. I guess I'm up. Uh, yes. Harry up. Tuttle. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. God. If I could, I'd just replay, just put him back in. <laughs> Old Robert De Niro. Okay. So I went a little little out there and a little A-listing star on this, but I think it would just be an interesting take. <laughs> what? I went A-list as well. No. Oh. I went with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a little A-list. <laughs> but that's the point. Like, I just wanted somebody that comes in and you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, that's what I, when I was watching, I was like, is that Robert? De that is Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, how do you do that at the same point? Like, how do you introduce somebody that you did not know that was in this? Because mm -hmm. I didn't know he was in Brazil. And like, I wouldn't have put him in any of the trailers. No. Right. And I wouldn't put Leonardo DiCaprio in any of the trailers. Mm -hmm. I would just leave that as the, oh, here comes Harry Tuttle. And then it's like, wait a minute. Is that Leonardo DiCaprio? What are you looking at? I'm just looking at um, Robert De Niro's um, stuff. No. Stuff. Stuff. Filmography. Okay, good job. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. That's, that's my... Harry Tuttle. I kind of went the same type of route. I didn't go... I don't know. I guess he's not... Whatever. 
I was just gonna say, I guess he's not. I guess, I wouldn't go that big, but I'm like, I guess he's not that big, like <laughs> compared to Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, no, but like, no, I'm talking about Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio not being that big. Like, yeah, I know yeah. people love him and stuff, and he's a really great he hasn't actor. Been in a lot of things, but he does so. not. He does not do a lot of movies. No, and he's mostly a character actor. His best roles are his mm-hmm. his character roles. Um, Django Unchained, um, God, Inception, Inception, Gilbert Grape, mm-hmm. right? Like some of those. Yeah. Anyway. Who'd you have? Um, I had Idris Elba. Ah, for the same. For the by the same, way, I held off on him. Yeah, I'm holding him for special occasions. For the same kind of reason as I want. I wanted this character to show up out of nowhere and to be this like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, Idris yeah. Elba. Yeah, and I think he he just so he's always funny when he wants to be. Um, and again, I really wanted this movie to be populated by people who are funny enough. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I like Idris Alba. I do too. <laughs> I'm glad I can recast him again. Yes. Yes, you, you can. Um, next is Miss Ida Lowry. The mom. Uh, the mom who doesn't want to be called mom. No. Originally played by Catherine Helmond. Um, I think she did a really great job and I think the uh, makeup on her was phenomenal mm-hmm. like throughout the movie because it kept like obviously she was old and then kept getting younger and yeah younger. so she was obviously a younger person they put makeup on right yes so I'm just looking her up because I know her from what do I know oh she was um who's the boss was she was it who's oh the my boss? god she was she was yeah. Mona she was Mona holy crap which I didn't realize until the very end I didn't realize this the... until right now <laughs> Yeah, because when at the very end in the uh, funeral, where she's where she's the uh, the youngest, she's, she's the youngest. I was like, "Why do I know her?" And oh I was my like, god, yeah, she's, she's who's Mona. the boss? <laughs> wow. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. All right. Well, we learned something today. Yeah. Apparently, she was in Cars as well. Yeah. At least Cars three. Anyway, uh, is it my go? It's your go. Okay, so I went a little typecasty. Oh. Um, and I went with a shitty mother and I went with Jessica Walter. <laughs> uh, I'm rewatching Archer too. So it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. She is this overbearing shitty mother in Archer and she's the same kind of character Arrested in development. Arrested Development and she is endlessly hilarious. And I think that that type of thing, like I want this character to be that, uh, dry witted, uh, snarky character and i think she had just called her just be a, a master at that so yeah <laughs> i will i will say that, that is a perfect choice ah <laughs> uh, i wish i'd thought of that yeah i'm re-watching archer mother <laughs> oh okay who did you pick so i want somebody who's kind of younger but then of course you can just age them way yeah. way up uh, and this comes back to David Tennant because I went with Alex Kingston. Okay. Who plays River Song mm-hmm. on Doctor Who. Only in one ex- episode with David Tennant, though. Was she? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mostly it was Matt Smith. Yeah. Only the library mm-hmm. where she died. Oh, so sad. Well, she didn't really die. Does she ever really? Does anybody really ever well, no, die she was, in Doctor Who? She was who? saved. She was uploaded to the moon computer. So, anybody ever really die in Doctor Who? Yes, people die all the time. Anyways, she was great on that. Um, and then, she was. yeah, I would I want to just age her up, and then age her back down as we go throughout it. <laughs> well, yeah, the, I almost that... considered doing different actresses each time. Yeah, because she's going under the knife and changing it, and I was like, it would get really hard to do. Yeah, I considered. Um, because of that weird flash scene where it's his love interest instead of his mother, mm-hmm. I considered just doing that. Being yeah. the, the the love interest just aged up to be his mom, but I thought that would look weird. Yeah. Because oh. like, that was clearly a hallucination instead of... Wow. That whole scene is clearly... But that's what I, that, but that's what I mean, like, yeah. right? So, so yeah. yeah. Alex Kingston. River Song. Speaking of his love interest. Ooh. Miss Jill Layton. 
um, who is way farther down on the cast list than she has any right to be uh, <laughs> on IMDb. Um, but I guess she doesn't really show up until much later into the film. Also, Apart from her captived virgin. Versus all those people at the top Good above point. her are yeah. probably a little more famous. Yes. She was played by Kim Grist. 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 Um, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything but this. Um, I want to say maybe. No, she was in Manhunter. I guess I saw that. Um, and wow. she was in Homeward Bound. Hold on. I can't even figure out. Was she the cat? No, the cat was Sally Field. Was it? I don't remember Homeward Bound all that well. <laughs> It was Sally Field, Michael J. Fox, and the Golden Retriever. Oh, I like the Golden Retriever. <laughs> That's why I got a Golden Retriever. Now I'm going to look this up. Um, Homeward Bound. I think she was the mom in those movies. Uh, hmm, Ralph sassy. White was Shadow. There you go. Oh. Shadow? Yeah. Shadow wasn't the Golden Retriever. Yeah, it was. was he? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Kim Grace. I was Kim looking Grace. her up. Man Hunter. Which is actually a good movie. It doesn't hold a candle to Silence of the Lambs or Red <laughs> Dragon. Okay, you're going to hate me, but I've seen her in Shriek. I know what you did last... How, what was it? I know what you did last Friday the 13th. That was a stupid, stupid movie. Okay. <sighs> it was when all the scary movies came out. Shriek, I know much... what I did last Friday the 13th. Okay. So stupid. She uh, hasn't really done anything since 2001. Is she alive? Yeah, probably. I'm guessing she's just... Oh, yeah, she's alive. Yeah. So. yeah, no, I can't pick out anything else. I know I've seen parts of Throw Mom from the Train, but I don't remember her in it. That is a weird yeah. movie. No, I can't figure out. Okay, anyways. Yes. Is it me first? Um, it must be, because I did Alex Kingston. Yes, yes. I chose so I chose an actress that I think would play off the the dream sequences really well and okay. have that mysterious beauty to her and then be a hard ass when you actually meet her. I've chosen her once before I had to look it up. I went with Olivia Wilde. I know she's not mostly on screen. She does a lot of directing now oh. and such, but Did you ever see Booksmart? movie she directed no god that movie was so good but I those two leads yeah. such a, are so funny sorry okay. but um no she's great she's um, great yeah. and like on house 13 yeah she was amazing mm-hmm. and as as i say tron legacy. legacy sorry i always get tron legacy and tron uprising <laughs> that makes mixed sense. Up. although she was in tron uprising too yeah. for an episode um but like yeah She's a great actress. Yeah. I want to see more of her. Um, I kind of went the same way. I picked an actress who I knew could play the ethereal dream sequences Mm -hmm. um, and then assumed she could play the other parts. Um, Because I think, and I I know that sounds weird, but I think Mm -hmm. playing a badass or like truck driver lady Mm -hmm. is easier than playing this caged damsel who's... The airy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, I feel that you kind of have to have a certain way about you to be this kind of mm-hmm. flighty thing. And I normally don't like damsels, as I've mentioned many, many times on the show. But she wasn't really... She's not the a damsel. damsel. She was just this, like, imprisoned thing who only said Sam. <laughs> like, Sam... It's like, but that was only uh, his dream, right? No, no, In reality, yeah. she was like, she wasn't. No, she was great. She probably would have been fine if Sam never got involved with her. No, of course. Well, she still would have been arrested and stuff because she was looking into Harry Buttle. Yeah, but that was just because right. she was kicking up a fuss. Yeah. But I, it didn't look like they were really looking out for her, like no. trying to find her. Yeah. Um, so anyways, who did you have? I picked Mia Wasikowska. I don't know if you've ever seen her or anything. She, I want to say, the reason, the reason I, I picked was... her was from Crimson Peak, another Guillermo del Toro movie, mm-hmm. critically, critically underrated Guillermo del Toro movie, in my opinion. Um, I think she, because she was the main actress in that, I think she did such a great job. Um, Wasikowski. Wasikowska. Oh, she plays Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, by yes. the way. Sorry. 
not the original one from the 1960s. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I've looked I've looked her up before. I guess, to be honest, from those movies where she kind of played a badass in those, because they kind of made her this warrior, um, she could obviously play the other parts. <laughs> but yeah, I it was mostly from the Crimson Peak role. Because I really did like that movie, and I really should go back and want rewatch it, even though it had a kind of a gross twist. Um, don't watch it yourself. I'm not going to give away the gross twist. Um, IMDb, or I can just tell you later, but I'm not going to tell the audience. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think I think she's a really really good actress. So, Mia Wasikowska. Wasikowska. Okay. Well, that's good. Wasikowska and a Sevigny. I picked two actors' names I don't know how to pronounce. Has that ever stopped us uh, from doing any (laughs) any episode? I've chosen normal people's names, except for the next person. Yeah. Because everyone everyone always screws up the Next, Mr. Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. um, Playing Sam Sam Rowry. Sam Rowry. Sam Rowry. Um, Sam Lowry. Lowry. um, Who just, for some reason, it just popped in my head. Um, bad boys. Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. <laughs> I'm Mike Lowry. Lowry. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have an affinity for Jonathan Price. So, other, apart from just being Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean, he was Elliot Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies, Pierce Brosnan's second oh. role as James Bond. Not a great movie. But I think had a great villain in Jonathan Price, and obviously a great Bond girl in crap. Forgot her name. <sighs> I know who you're talking about, um, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, yes. Um, Terry Hatcher. But it? for this, it was because he was still Jonathan Price. He was like mm-hmm. this Bill Gatesy type um, guy who obviously couldn't fight. He was this nerdy little banker man mm-hmm. right and but i love one of the parts where he's having this meeting with all his people on this big screen and he's typing with one hand which he does a lot in this movie mm-hmm. um and he's asking about the new os system that they're putting out and he's like does it have all the bugs we wanted to that we can fix later that <laughs> and he's like yep all the bugs are in there and he's like perfect <laughs> like this is such a well done villain because it's what we all think that these people do with the computer systems and stuff that we have in our yeah. in our world right so well back to tron that whole what what's changed in it we just made it number yeah. 13 like yeah. nothing yeah and we're gonna charge for it and we're gonna like, charge for yeah. it so, i was just gonna say i remember him from and I'm pretty uh, sure, game of thrones he played the high sparrow yeah i'm pretty sure he was nominated for an oscar for his role in the two popes probably i yeah. think so too yeah, I think he's he is a very very good actor. Um, he has popes. been playing, obviously characters, like as a character actor for a long time. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Okay, but before we go to that, was it a little weird to see him, like kind of young? Is yes. it is it weird because I always without gray hair? Yeah. Yeah. And like in the whole flying sequence, I was like. I just don't see that being Jonathan Price because no. I always know him as older Jonathan Price. Because he had, normally has gray hair. Yes. Every time you've seen him, he's had gray hair. Well, or he was also in the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah. So. All right, you're up. I'm up. Um, I went with someone who could play neurotic nerdy well and went with Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. Yeah, I think... I think he has this really good way of doing that. Like, I know I don't like I don't like him as Lex Luthor. I think, his, I think his turn as Lex Luthor was misguided. I think when he's at the on the boat at the end of Justice League, I think that's what it is. That little end credit sequence, Deathstroke. I think that's the, the Lex Luthor we all wanted, where he's just in a suit and he's calm and he's smart. I don't want this weird basketball playing Mark Zuckerberg version. Um, I did not, and it, yeah. which is weird because, like, when he actually played Mark Zuckerberg, he did an amazingly good job. Um, and I think he should have played it more that way. But this is not 
that. But I kind of want that version of Jesse Eisenberg. Because I think that version of Neuroses and... You kind of want him from like Zombieland. Kind of, but not as stupid. No. Yeah. But that kind of like paranoid-ish. Mm-hmm. But only Cardios. later. Because like that becomes later in the movie, right? So, yeah. I, I think Jesse Eisenberg has this great nerd thing going aesthetic or back to that word that i think would be great for this role so just the eisenberg okay well, I'll give and it you to told you. me earlier you picked two people for this i picked two because i assumed you might have gone with one of them but no it's fine mm-hmm. um well we, we have to hear both so do the one you don't want to do and then do the one you want to do okay so the first one up was going to be uh the one i their backup my Who backup, was, your backup? was eddie redmayne okay yeah i could see it my, I, think, I think Eddie has too much confidence. Yeah. But, but, anyway. but you could play back. What I went with instead is actually because uh, I wanted him to be kind of this older guy. All right, I didn't want the young guy. I wanted this older guy who's just like, you know, I'm set in my ways. Stop trying to promote me and do all this stuff, mom. <laughs> I went with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's definitely older. Wow. Yeah. But I wanted it to play off like that way. Like, he's this older guy that's kind of in his ways. He doesn't want to move up and do all the stuff. He just wants to be mm-hmm. himself. But then, like, he gets this weird, I don't know, vision, daydream, whatever you want to call his dreams. 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 Yeah. And then he's, like, so set on it and just goes that, like, off But the, the dreams are obviously, I'm sorry to step away from Symbolism. The dreams are not just that, but they have some basis on real life too. Like that mm-hmm. f- that mask that those creatures wear, those that baby face mm-hmm. mask is the mask that Jack is, that Jack, Jack Lynn Lynn wears. wears. So obviously he's seen that somewhere else. Yeah, and the samurai is all like big and golden. Yeah, and when it's stabbed, it shoots out fire. Mm-hmm. So fire. Yeah, I think like that was those dreams are obviously from a, a damaged mind yeah. trying to find something. That's yeah. where I just, I really want, like, Benedict Cumberbatch can play this role, right? He's talented enough, and he's done so many different things. Mm-hmm. And just having that kind of weird relationship with his mother, because Alex Kingston and Benedict Cumberbatch are almost the same age. <laughs> I looked it up. Yeah. But having that kind of, like, connection where it's, like, this older guy, and you're like, why is he in this way? And then why does he go like off the deep end mm-hmm. kind of idea so yeah so that's where i went i went by a cumberbatch nice okie dokie that's brazil thank god you get to sing the song i don't actually remember what the song is i was just so gonna that's, start singing that's brazil. gotta be the only reason this movie is named brazil something i was reading in the trivia and i might be wrong something about he was terry gillian was vacationing somewhere it wasn't really nice but there was a guy on the beach that was like still having a time of his life and it was a song playing it was something weird like that where that's the reason why it ended up becoming like brazil and it was just like how somebody can find happiness in the myth behind the name of the movie relates to a writer director terry gilliam being at a beach in the uk one Mm. day apparently the weather wasn't particularly great but a man was sitting on the beach alone listening to the famous song on the stereo that we hear in the movie. Gilliam was fascinated by the man sitting there despite all the adversity, and this became the theme and name of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise it doesn't have any no. relation to No. It's not even set in Brazil. It doesn't even say where it is. No, it's just random city yeah. number one. Though I do, and like I kind of put, put it this way too on my thing, like the mixture of British accents and American accents, like... Yeah. Like... Well, you have all these British people, and then Robert De Niro shows up. Yeah, and like, what's uh, Jill isn't doesn't have a British accent. No, that's true. Right, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So, and Morgan yeah. Freeman comes out of nowhere. Yes, Morgan Freeman. I'm Morgan Freeman. Every time I explain something, I get a new freckle. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're listening to this in my voice. <laughs> that's South Park. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Where can they find us? You guys can find us on Facebook at Recasted Podcast. You guys can find us on Twitter at Recasted Pod. Um, Danielle is on Instagram at Fiona Beer. Um, we are currently, for the month of February, um, being Patreon producers for the Kind of Funny Podcast. So go listen to them because they can, you know, 
we're and then listen tr- to us. We're, we're promoting a, a a podcast that I love immensely. Yes. Um, yeah, trying to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, where can they find you? you? Find me on Etsy at the Comic Guy store. I've been off for a week, so I'm building a lot of boxes and tables. Good for you. Yes, I'm running out of places to put them. Yes. Okay. Well, that was week two of sci-fi. Yes, hopefully next week will be a lot less weird. Well, well, we don't know. No, we do know. Oh, I thought we were doing the other no, one. No, we're doing the one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It is a lot less weird. It it's is. It's a lot definitely. more funny, though. It's hilarious. I'll go watch it like once or twice and has some of our favorite actors in it. Okay, keep going. <laughs> all right, from all of us here at Recasted, go watch Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs>